Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. We're going to get in the Word tonight. And um, I am so encouraged. I just couldn't stay in my seat anymore. I'm feeling pushed in another way, so you may be seated. Uh, I have a message prepared that I think I'm not going to preach. So, you know, there's just times, you know, when I get up here and I just kept hearing. In fact, we were driving, we were driving home and uh, it was right before an angel showed up at my house and clubbed me and my wife. It was just like, whack! And I woke up two hours later, kind of twitching a little bit like, oh God, what time is it? Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, those of you who have been serving so valiantly know exactly what I'm talking about. You know when you wake up and you're like, where am I? Where am I? <laughs> we were pulling into my house. And I heard a phrase that, that I've said before. And it was some ran, some looked, some looked again. You heard me say it when we pulled into the house. Yes, and, um, and y'all didn't ask me about that, so I thought you must have been extremely tired after I said it. It was a very random thing. As we pulled in, everybody's like, Ugh. And we got home. and I woke up to review what I was going to preach, and I cannot get away from John chapter 20. So we're going to go ahead and take a look at this, and it'll be um, raw, unplugged. And uh, I have studied the passage before, but I, I haven't read it. I've studied it recently. So let's go ahead and, and look at the text. John chapter 20. Now on the first day of the week, how many of you know what day that is? This Sunday. Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark. She saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. That had to be a shocker. I talked this morning about how the first ones that show up to be the testimony, to share testimony, the, the first witness, the first witnesses of the resurrection are women. No offense, I hope, ladies, but women they couldn't vote they had no rights in the first century and here is not just a woman but a woman who had seven devils cast out of her mary magdalene she was a prostitute so the first the first one that becomes a witness of the resurrection is a prostitute that's not really all that unusual because God can take anything, including a donkey. He can, come on, he can use the likes of you. And when you look at the book of Joshua, Rahab was a prostitute. And Rahab hid the spies under the flax. And then she lied and hid them. And what they said is they made a deal. They said, if who's ever in your house will be safe, hang this scarlet thread out of the window. This is the book of Joshua. A scarlet thread is really a picture of the blood. 
and you can see the scarlet thread of salvation going all through the Old Testament on into the New. And what was a house of prostitution for Rahab became a house of salvation. And in fact, and when they came, how many of you know the story when they came and they defeated Jericho and the walls of Jericho fell flat, that Rahab and her family was rescued and saved. And in actual fact, she's in the lineage of the Messiah. So it's not a surprise to me that he would choose once again a woman for his past of ill repute to be the first witness because that's just like God. He steps over a seemingly qualified person and picks someone who's desperate, someone who's hungry, someone who's thirsty, someone who's grateful. She ran and got Simon Peter, look at verse 2. And the other disciple whom Jesus loved, oh, hold the phone. Whom Jesus loved. You know who he's talking about. He's talking about himself. This is John's gospel. He defines himself by his relationship with Jesus. That's a beautiful thing. And said to them, they've taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've laid him. Peter therefore went out, and the other disciple, that's John, and they were going to the tomb. So they both ran together. I just love this. They both ran together, but the other disciple outran Peter. I love that. I love that. I love it. It's because John's writing his own story. He's like, I straight beat him. He was smoked. He was sucking wind, nearly throwing up behind me. I outran him all the way to the tomb. <laughs> you know, when you're writing a gospel, you can say whatever you want. So, <laughs> Under the inspiration, of course, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> he outruns the other disciple. And he, stooping down, looked in, saw the linen claws lying there, Yet he did not go in. Then Simon and Peter eventually showed up. <laughs> That's not what it says. Okay. Then Simon and Peter came and followed him and went into the tomb. Now, what scholars would tell you is that, that he didn't go in because he wanted others to be a witness too. So when there's two of them, then they go in. And uh, the scholars don't know what to say about John outrunning Peter, so... He saw the linen cloths lying there and the handkerchief that had been around his head. Not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first, there he is bragging about how fast he is again, went also and he saw and believed. For as yet, they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. But Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet. 
where the body of Jesus had been laid. And they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, because they've taken away my, she said to them, because they've taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. And when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've laid him and I will take him away. I don't know how a, a woman would pick up the body of Jesus all by herself. But when you're filled with love, there's no burden you can't carry. Not one thing you can't do when, when, when you're filled with love, the love of God. You, you'll get it done. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned and said, Rabboni, which is to say teacher. Jesus said to her, don't cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father, but Go to my brethren and say to them, I ascending to my Father, your Father, to my God, and to your God. Father, thank you for your word. A lamp unto her feet, a light upon our path. I pray that you would touch each and every one tonight in proportion to the hunger that they have in their heart. That you would reveal truth. Thank you for your goodness and your grace towards us. I'm going to give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the greatest historical event in all of human history. And it is argued by many, but not able to be disproven. And when you look at the facts of the story, it has a ring of truth about it. This morning and this afternoon and now tonight, we talked about some of the classic arguments that people use to disprove the resurrection, like the swoon theory, which is that Jesus somehow swooned himself, meaning he was able to slow his heart down sufficient enough to consider to being dead, and the Romans, being the, the most professional executioners of all time, somehow neglected the fact that Jesus was still alive. It, it attributes to Romans to being complete morons and to everybody else that would try to believe the swoon theory. I don't know what you do with the, 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 the side being pierced and blood and water running out. I mean, what do you do about all the witnesses and the testimonies? It attributes stupidity to a lot of people. The wrong tomb theory is another theory. The wrong tomb. You know, I talked this morning, uh, standing here, my, my car, my truck was parked on the far side of the parking lot, which is about the distance of where the tomb was from the upper room. And when you hear the, the, the stories and the, and the testimony, you could walk to the tomb. You could walk to the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. You could walk there and you could, you could see it. So believe me, when they killed Jesus, so they thought. And he was crucified and they took his body down and they laid him in a tomb. They did not forget what tomb that was. 
Okay, I, I said this morning that my wife and I, we have a son who lived for just a few moments and went straight to heaven. Well, we know where he's buried. I, 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 could, I, could, I could show you where it is. I could walk there. I could, I'm not, mis- it's not, oh, which one is it? Which grave would it actually be? No, wait. Wait, no, it's not this one. Are you kidding? Are you actually kidding? I know where my son was buried. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? How many of you know you put your parents to rest? How many, you know what I'm talking about? You have, a, you have a tombstone or, you know, you, don't, you understand what I'm saying? There's no guessing of where, where your parents are. You know where they are. Maybe they died when you were young or whatever you went through that this indelible memory of your kid or your son or your daughter or your father or your mother or your grandfather or your grandmother and where they are buried or where your father is buried. I could go there today in Colorado into the mountains in a small little, you know, cemetery. And it might, in Eagle, Eagle, Colorado. Anybody know where Eagle, Colorado is? I could go there. It would take me a little bit. I was only there, and it was only about a half an hour. But I'd be able to find it. You actually think that they had the wrong tomb. There is no way. No. No, they had the right tomb. Jesus rose again from the grave. And this text is just so powerful to me and humorous. John outrunning Peter. And Peter gets in there, he just charges in, just like he would do everything. John could outrun Peter, but Peter could outswim John. (laughs) If you know the Gospels. But I'm so moved by this Mary Magdalene because many of our lives were not like, not unlike hers. No, I don't mean prostitution, but unless, of course, it it was. What I mean is that we were all left for dead. And the greatest testimony that he's risen again from the grave is a life that's been transformed because they've been born again. The greatest testimony that he's alive is is a life that's been surrendered to him and how his resurrection power worked on the inside of us, changing us, transforming us, filling us full of his, his presence, his power, taking away the guilt and the shame. Our first service this morning, I couldn't hardly hold it together. I did not know what was going to happen. I was weeping and crying for how God has rescued is anybody in the house of God tonight. So grateful for his healing. So grateful for his deliverance. So grateful for salvation. So grateful for divine blessings on our lives. Come on, somebody. Say hallelujah in the house of God tonight. He lives. He lives. He lives. He's alive. It's a truth that's changed the whole world. I don't know where you're at in your walk with Jesus. But I would implore you and plead with you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to him. And live for him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Because he's worthy. Because Jesus is worthy. First Corinthians 
15. I feel like I've got a radio voice tonight. It's because my vocal cords are totally thrashed for the glory of God. They will soon be healed. And we'll be back at it Wednesday night. Hallelujah. <laughs> Somebody said, hey, pastor, pastor, when are we going to start Saturday night? I said, I don't know. Talk to Pastor Kirsten. Praise God. <laughs> next week? Hey, don't miss next week. Don't, don't, Wednesday is going to be, like, amazing. Next Sunday, uh, Ivan Tate will be here. And, uh, and then he'll, he'll be preaching on Tuesday in Eagle River. In Eagle River on Sunday morning, Gavin, Gavin Tate, who's a national recording artist, he's, he, he, I'm like, all jokes aside, I think he's the most gifted individual I've ever met, like, in my life. I mean, is there anything, he, he developed his own martial art. No, really. Yeah, M music writer, book writer, preacher, great preacher. And uh, so what we're going to do, I, I didn't tell you this, Minister Gill, thank you. Uh, but after he preaches for you, I'm making him come back here. He'll preach at the 1 o'clock. So we'll have 9, 11 with Ivan Tate, and then we'll have 1 o'clock with Gav. Amen. It's going to be amazing. You can just call him that. I think he likes that, Gav. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Don't do it. Don't do it. If you're watching, Amen. 1 Corinthians 15. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, in which you stand, by which also you have been saved, if, oh, if you hold fast to the word of which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is powerful. I mean, this, should, this destroys, this and so many other scriptures destroy the once saved, always saved. The big if right there is a major problem, you know, for that Calvinistic doctrine, which we don't ascribe to. And if you do, that's okay. We're glad you're here. It's all right. Just love Jesus. And uh, we'll figure it out when we get to heaven. We'll be fully known, and we will fully know. So I'm not trying to pitch a fight. I'm just saying, stay on fire. You might be wrong. Come on, somebody say amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Okay. Praise God. Somebody said, I'm a pre-tribber. I, I hope it's pre-trib too. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Because you'd be seriously, did I just spit all over you? I'm so sorry. You'd be, it's on your glass. Yeah. <laughs> be seriously disappointed if it's post-trib. Okay, and we're like, what are you talking about? Look at verse 3. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins. For what, for what reason? For our sins, according to the Scriptures. And he was buried. And that he rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. And that he was seen by Caiaphas as Peter, Cephas, pardon me. Then by the 12, verse 6. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once. 
of whom the greater part remain to the present. In other words, he's saying that there, there are over 500 witnesses and most of them are still alive. See, this is not some mass hallucination that took place. It's the resurrected of the Lord Jesus Christ. He would not allow his Holy One to see decay, as it says in the Psalms prophesied by David. But some have fallen asleep. You know what that means? That means death. For a believer who dies, that's called falling asleep in many places here in the, in the Scriptures because it's not, it's not death, not real death, because you're going to live forever. With him in glory. Going to rule and reign. Come on, someone said. Hallelujah. After that, he was seen by James and then all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also as one born out of due time. He's referring to the life in which he lived. The Lord appeared to him. He was a Christian killer. And there has been a horrible tragedy in Sri Lanka, if you haven't seen it. Over 200 Christians were massacred today in Sri Lanka. And it's brought civil unrest. And an actual fact in a report that I saw, there is more martyrdom and Christians being killed today than there has been by some measurement in other recorded history. I don't, I don't know all the stats. I just know that it's the blood of the martyrs that cries out from the ground. The, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. It's an amazing thing. If you try to kill a Christian, well, I mean, you'd have to ask yourself, well, why? It's another evidence. It's another evidence of the, of the truth of the resurrection. It's another evidence. Because if it's fake, I mean, people would die for a lie that they don't know is a lie. Did you follow that? People will die for a lie that they think is the truth. The disciples, if they had fabricated it and, 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 and stole the body or, you know, if it, was, if it was just a lie that they knew was a lie to try to create another sect of Judaism so they could then be popular or something, they certainly wouldn't all die as martyrs. They all died as martyrs except John. They boiled him in oil, French fried John, and he couldn't kill him. Because you know what? Nobody has the power to take your life. God will protect you. Come on, someone say hallelujah. Or you'll surrender your life and then that, your, your blood will cry out from the ground. It, it, the seed of the church, the blood of the martyrs, the seed of the church means this. When those in Sri Lanka, I mean, I don't know all the reports that, but we heard about ISIS reports and different things and people that gave in their lives for Christ. And even uh, in, in the time, 66 AD, the great persecution of Nero, Roman soldiers had converted all, all the time because as they go to kill a Christian, they would see the glory of God and they'd be like, well, you can kill me if you want to, but I'm going to see Jesus. And they'd be like, what kind of faith was that? All you had to do is burn incense to Nero and be done with it. But they would not. Why? Because Jesus rose from the grave very simply. One born out of due time, the Apostle Paul talking of himself because he's a Christian killer. Lord, we pray for those in Sri Lanka that lost family, that their blood, God, would even cry out and you'd bring a great revival there also. Lord, we thank you. 
comfort them, help them, strengthen them. Verse 9, 1 Corinthians 15. For I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me is not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than them all. You know, there's something about being forgiven. There's something about when you have a revelation of what Jesus has done for you, it will move you to works. It'll move you to do something for God. If you're not moved to serve him, then maybe you don't really understand what you've been saved from. If you're not really willing to pray, not willing to, willing to get up, if you're not willing to, you know, it's, I, I was so blessed. I'm so blessed by you. I'm so blessed by all those that labor. But, but this, tonight when I looked and we had, you know, our musicians are tired and we had someone on the drums and, and we had, you know, a few instruments there and we we're lacking a few. Your sweat beating off your forehead as you, as you bring your fourth service with your whole team, with everything you got, pounding it through. I thought, man, that... That is someone who's obviously had an NK. He's not trying to earn anything. He's a volunteer. And, you know, praise God, we're all volunteers. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. I'm just so blessed because when you see someone laboring like that, now there's legalism that'll move you to labor like that, and that is a taskmaster from hell. Legalism is a taskmaster from hell. Where you just have to, you just have to serve hard. You just have to tithe. You just have to give. You just have to hard work as hard as you possibly can, so that you can earn God's favor. That's legalism. Lovers of God and legalists do the same thing, but for different reasons. The reason uh, uh, Pastor Kirsten Davis had a seven-day week plus, along with many others. Work tirelessly, people up late into the night to finish this and to make this look excellent, representing the Lord. Why would people do that? Because they've experienced a risen Savior. And it's not for a pat on the back, and it's not for a robe or a ring. It's for the glory of God to just say, you know something, Lord, I'm so grateful you saved me. I'm so grateful that you've, you've done what you've done. I, this morning and this afternoon, I just was all of a sudden in, inspired. Amen. I'd do it again all day long. Yeah. I'll add another service and go for it. we got to multiply our laborers. Come on, I'm just saying we need more volunteers. Thank God for everybody that's working so hard. It is a team of people that does what we do around here. Nearly a thousand, just short of a thousand people coming through here in three services. And then look at this place on a Sunday night, packed out. You know, mostly. Packed out-ish. The reason Toby, the reason Brother Toby, the reason Pastor Kirsten, the reason Pastor Vince, the reason, the reason the Metlick is the, the reason the, the children's workers are about there. Are, are, yeah, I mean, listen, you have to have a special touch from God to help children for like eight hours straight. How many hours? Six? Every Sunday, six hours every Sunday. Give or take. Right? You're like, he lives. <laughs> He's risen from the grave. 
Put your hands together for all the people that do everything around here. Come on. Come on. Yes. Ah. That's another evidence. Why would you? I granted there might be people that are doing it to get a pat on the back. But I'll tell you something. That wears out in a big hurry. I had that going on early on in my walk. I had it going on early in my walk where I just wanted Dr. Morocco to acknowledge me. What a painful thing that was. Because I had a father wound. I didn't, I didn't get it from my dad the way that, that, I, that I needed it, I guess. Or I, or I was just broken. Something was broken on the inside of me. And I just wanted my pastor to slap me on the back and tell me that I was a man of God. And we all need that encouragement. We, we all do. But if that's the be-all to end-all of why you're working so hard, it will fall painfully short. And I've told you some of this. The biggest moment for me, and, my, and honestly, I held on to that bondage for far longer than the Lord intended it to be. In fact, he didn't intend me to have it at all. I held on to it, nursing that thing, working very hard, putting points on the board just to get that, hey, good job. I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> And then, you know, after you're doing so much that you're having a nervous breakdown practically, hello, I was asked to preach in front of Dr. Morocco for the first time, and I, I've shared this story. I preached on Joaquin and Boaz, the two, the two pillars in front of the Solomon's temple. And, I mean, it was, I mean, it, it affects me today, that, that message. I've fasted, I've prayed. I got to preach in front of Dr. Morocco and about 10 other guys at some men's prayer breakfast retreat somewhere. And they're like, well, we'll give Bracken a shot. There's only 10 people here. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I preached my, I just preached everything I got. I saw Dr. Morocco taking notes, man. When I saw him taking notes, it just set me on fire. I'm like, yes, I am. I'm Rakatanahaya. I was just like, lift your hands. Just when I, not. I didn't do that. But it really spurred me on. Finished the message and people are touched. And, and uh, he looks at me and says, good job. I said, thanks. And, uh, you know, later on, we're back at the church. And like, I think I'm going to become the new, you know, teaching pastor or the new preaching. You know, I'm going to be his new, you know, first associate and, uh, you know, he's going to turn over some of the burden of the ministry to me so I can, you know, preach, pray, and prophesy. And so I go to get my new assignment. I mean, I really thought I was, like, going to get this promotion. Like, whoa, you, whoa, whoa, you can, wow, you can preach. <laughs> That's truth. God's honest truth. And I went and I knocked on the door. I'll never forget and there's, you know, those little glass windows and those steel doors, you know what I mean? So I look through the glass window, and, like, he eventually looks up, you know, under his glasses. Goes like this, nods, like, enter, you know. I walk in, I said, hey, doctor, how you doing? He's like, good. I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for him, because he's supposed to say, oh, you're like Jesus in shoe leather. Please come in. Would you lay hands on me? Oh. No, this is the truth. And he sits. There's this awkward silence where I realize something's wrong. 
I'm just like, doctor. He's all. I said, I just wanted to come and, you know. He said, do you need anything? I said, no. He said, okay. I said, okay. <laughs> and I even actually had like a, <gasps> I, I had one of those, you know what I'm talking about? You know when you're like really hurting? You know when you're really hurting? He's like, <gasps> I had one of these. <gasps> and I leaned against the wall for a second. I thought, Oh, God. And the Lord said, what are you doing? No, he spoke to me. You know how God speaks in the midst of your, you're about to have a pity party. Oh, no, he's rejected me. Right? Oh, that's just me? It's just me and Pastor Karen. The Lord spoke to me and said, son, did you preach what I told you to preach? Yeah. What are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. You did a good job. Now get back to work. I thought, okay. So I'm like, Lord, you feel like I did a good? He said, you did good. I said, all right. And I walked out of that place realizing the only one I really need to please. There's only one I need to please. The one who rose again from the grave. The one, ah, the one, the one who saved me. The one who healed me. Hey. Worship team, come on up. Lift your hands to heaven all across this place. Come on! He rose again so that you could be free. You don't have to be bound by the opinions of people. You don't have to be addicted. You don't have to be subject to the opinions of man. You're not a man pleaser. You're a God pleaser. Come on! Yes! Yes! Lift your hands and give them the craziest praise you can come up with. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.